State of Digital Publishing is a publication and community for digital publishing and media professionals in new media and technology. In this second season episode, we speak with Peter Erickson, founder of Zine 101, about the state of subscription management and how to make the most of your leaky paywall. Zine 101 is a WordPress-powered publishing and subscription management solution. Let's begin. Hi, Peter. How are you? Bahi, I am great. Thanks for uh, thanks for connecting. Appreciate it. No, thank you for agreeing to join us as well. It's it's going to be an exciting episode because we're both passionate about subscriptions and and you you're one of the guys who are leading the charge. So thank you for joining us. Oh, well, that's flattering. Thanks. We're trying. We're doing our best here. Lots of action for sure. That's it. So just I guess. Just to start off with, uh, for those who don't know much about Zine 101, if you could just provide a background about Zine 101 and about yourself, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. So we are a software company. We're focused on WordPress. Our main product is a metered paywall for WordPress. I think we were the first one out. And we have an issue publishing product and an app platform that it's all integrated together. And that's essentially uh, what we do. So we sell software. We do We do some larger publication project work to keep our you know heads in the game and listen to the publishers in terms of what they want uh, so we do a fair amount of consulting uh, and building of publications but our you know our primary push is is the the software and really trying to understand what the what the real pain points are for the the, the publisher and and there are a lot of pain points it seems <laughs> there is. I have to relate it's a, it's a sometimes lonely and it's a hard slog so yeah Yes, it is, especially for the legacy print publisher. They're, um, you know, I mean, I think everyone knows that they're they're having a hard time in terms of, you know, how to how to really tackle the the digital side of the equation. Yeah, and it's one thing that you mentioned just before we started that you you guys also focus on magazine publishers and and some of those even because they've embraced the digital that they don't need as much subscription. To focus much on subscription um, online, I think so. We'll touch on that a bit later, but um, yeah. Just, just Peter, before we move on, I guess it would be interesting to know: is there a reason why you guys just focused on WordPress and and sort of who's the type of publishers you're working with at the moment? Are they more small to publishers, or are they, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, I think you're we're focusing on more small publishers. But yeah, who who do you focus on at the moment? Yeah, so we were a WordPress shop. Uh, back in version one, and uh, we were brought on uh, Dartmouth College. Their Thayer School of Engineering hired us to build an issue publisher for WordPress for their magazine, their Dartmouth Engineer uh, magazine. And so that's how we, that was 2010. That's how we jumped into the digital publishing space. So we started doing a lot of work with schools in the area in the Northeast. And then when uh, one of our uh, customers said, hey, um, we really want a paywall, I'd been tracking what the New York Times had been doing as far as their uh, metered paywall, and we decided to copy essentially for WordPress what they were doing, and so that launched us into that. And then we had another publisher said, you know, I really need apps that are connected to WordPress, connected to the, your leaky paywall, and uh, just to have a, a platform where they could you know, focus on, on WordPress and then as, as they publish content, the emails get sent out, the apps get updated, of course, the website gets updated. And, you know, the answer to the question about why WordPress, I think part of it is that that's where we came from. And so we know it so well. But uh, the other reason is that WordPress, when you know what you're doing, is an incredible enterprise platform. You can do amazing things with it. And so we built our leaky paywall, you know, metered paywall to take advantage of all the hooks and filters and categories and taxonomies and all the the great things that WordPress uh, can do to provide a a truly unique, you know, metering and subscription experience. And so what I usually tell publishers is that, you know, if you're using WordPress, you're not going to find anything, you know, more flexible. We can just do so much with it. And uh, for instance, we have publishers that uh, uh, certainly meter by category, meter by custom post type, uh, but we have some some really interesting plays like uh, Austin, Texas, the Austin Monitor in Austin, Texas, they cover local uh, town hall stuff and real estate transactions. And they're building essentially a database of, um, of information that uh, professionals really get their hands on. So 
for any article over 90 days, it's a, a, the subscriber has to pay a super premium price to get at the old content. So, so you know, WordPress lets you do those kinds of things, and then hooking it, uh, hooking Leaky Paywall to apps with the REST API when that came out uh, was a sort of a natural play. And and um, I'd say, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm biased, of course, but I'd say WordPress gives you the most flexible um, subscription paywall setup possible. And and one thing I've learned is every publisher has different needs, you know, very specific, very different needs, different audience, different type of content, um, and different approaches to how to tease the, you know, the free content to the, to the reader, you know, grab the email, uh, build their lists, and then uh, get to that conversion point where the, the, the free subscriber turns into a paid subscriber. So there, I rambled a lot. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, no, no, I think that, that all, it's important to uh, emphasize why. And I guess just to follow up on that, do you focus on uh, WordPress VIP as well, or is that just a separate solution? That, just that um, so we've gotten some requests from WordPress VIP customers. And essentially, if, if someone is interested, and we haven't done anything yet with them, but we have to go through the review process uh, with WordPress VIP, and we're willing to do that um, given the right right application. And so, no, we haven't done it. Yes, we'd love to do it. And I guess, do you see any limitations to just focusing on? I mean, just just looking at it from a Martech point of view, does um, looking at just focusing on one platform limit your ability to help more publishers or? Um, what's, what's your thoughts around that? Well, you know, when I, when I look at our competitors, which are sort of the JavaScript, sort of the drop-in solutions, they're, they're good, they're fine, they work. But with uh, focusing on a particular platform and WordPress, I don't know what the percentage is, but it is definitely the number one CMS in the world, uh, still growing. And focusing on, on the core code of WordPress lets us do things with a paywall that no one else can match. So, you know, I've looked across the fence and said, "Gee, it'd be nice to have a, you know, a solution for Drupal or 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 Count News or really any other platform." But we always come back to, you know, what if we do that, we can't do the incredible things we can do with WordPress um, and and really create that that super, you know, custom, you know, flexible and custom experience. And that's what our that's what our publishers tell us. They say, you know, you're. The product is great. Um, it's it's flexible. Like you know, um, if they have a WordPress developer that knows what they're doing, they can really uh, customize it functionally and style it as they wish, and to create that experience that they're looking for. And and you know, today with digital publishing, you know, the where the rubber hits the road when you're when someone is deciding whether to subscribe or not, you really have to be able to deliver exactly the kind of you know, it's almost like a freemium, like a free trial experience where the meter lets you, you know, consume a certain amount and um, maybe you drop off an email address and it adds, you get more free articles and, and now you get someone in the system and you're, you're, you're tracking them and, and uh, you know, you're looping them in on the emails and what I call uh, organic pestering. In other words, you know, you, you capture that email, you get a few more free articles, yeah. forces the readers back to the site triggers the, the the subscription nags and and that that bumps your that, that gives you your seven to ten times you know paid subscriber boost that you're looking for um, let's, let's not uh, let's let's go into the tactics more specifically i'll have to go more into tactics just a bit after later in our conversation but sure sorry um, yeah i just get going no that's okay i think we're all excited to just to go into the specific insights and tactics as well but let's take a step back for a second and um because you were really mentioning around how you first started with one of your clients who asked for certain features because you were WordPress shop back in the day. Um, yeah. Just based on the evolution from where you started to where it is now, how do you see the state of subscription management solutions at the moment? So I know there's, like you were speaking, alluding to before, there's JavaScript built solutions out there. There's, there's from what I've seen as well, um, there's custom built API solutions that work, that it really, if you're advanced, you can pretty much build it as um, tailored to how you want it to. What 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 do you currently see the subscription solutions out there? How do they look like? Well, so Tiny Pass are Piano Media now. Um, they're the big guy on the block as far as subscriptions, and they're going after the really big publishers, and they're 
they're very expensive and they're very, you know, it's a super custom solution, very high-end solution. There's like the Pelcro uh, solution where, you, you know, it's the JavaScript, drop in, drop in the code and, and start, um, you know, triggering the paywall and a lot of similar solutions. And then they're just full-on proprietary SaaS platform solutions, especially in the newspaper industry. You know, there's a lot of legacy platforms that have been around for a while like town hall news and, and where you're, you know, you just, you're just jumping, jumping in with a whole C, you know, proprietary CMS. So there's, there's a lot out there as far as choices go, which probably makes it difficult for the, for the publisher, especially if they're deciding to change platform, change CMS. And, you know, what's going to be best for one publisher is definitely not best for the, for the next publisher. I mean, it depends on, on how, you know, what kind of, customization someone needs, what their budget is. And, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in all the other CMSs, but... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I know since you, uh, just looking at WordPress, I guess, what what are you currently seeing the needs are? And, and as a result, what kind of... I mean, given that there's more local and more SME sort of publishers in, in your remit, are they looking for more customized solutions? Are they looking for more end-to-end stuff, or I know a lot, that, a lot of that alludes to the proxy that you're currently offering, but what, what's the current tech trends that you're seeing that's in, impacting how people yeah. are doing the needs? One of the things we're doing a lot now is working with magazines and integrations with their fulfillment services, and I'd say some newspapers too, but the magazine world and the, the bigger circulation you know, uh, newspapers uh, have been subscribing to uh, something called a fulfillment service where this, this is a company that uh, does the actual mailing and uh, takes payments for subscribers and has a whole dashboard in terms of, you know, the print circulation side of the equation, but they don't have anything real. They don't have a metered paywall for the web that either at all, or that's, that's any good. So um, what we're doing now is essentially building an API integration between Leaky paywall and these, like MagHub or uh, CDN or ESP, these fulfillment service providers, so that the the magazine and newspaper publishers uh, can continue to use their database. And the Leaky Paywall it really acts as a simple uh, gate, you know, the paywall, and then sends uh, people over to pay and register their information on the fulfillment software, and then gets handed back to the site, and they're and they're logged in and, and have have full access. That's a that's a pretty big trend right now. I'd say in the last year we've put a lot of time into building these these integrations so the and i think that's good i think the the fact that these legacy print publishers are really starting to look at the web and say look we need a we need a proper you know digital subscription solution is good and that that's definitely ticked up uh in the last year uh so that, you, that's a good would you say that's us only i mean i know you're based in new hampshire but that's a good question um you know most of what we deal with is in the u.s but we do deal with some european uh customers you know it's a little bit in australia um canada we deal with um i mean it it really is all over we haven't as far as the the legacy print publishers we haven't dealt with any any overseas yet as far as integrations go but probably that's coming, I imagine. Um, and you know, honestly, I'm not even sure the U.S. is leading the leading the game on digital subscriptions. You know, the U.K. is pretty pretty advanced. Um, the, some of the European customers we have, they you know have some fairly advanced thinking. But it, you know, it boils down to the individual publisher if they're they're uh, sticking with their flipbook and PDF <laughs> solution. Then you know, you know that that publisher is kind of st- still needs to wake up and and understand what what a true you know uh, modern reader needs essentially fair enough i mean when people typically think about the subscriptions anyways i know this isn't related to magazine publishers but it, from a u.s perspective everyone says new york times new york times as you mentioned and that's how everyone started copying and coming up with the solution but i right. think but i think looking at Who's look? Uh, who's advanced a bit more? I think it's from the, really from the Nordic countries, and some of the things that they're coming out with is pretty interesting as well. So, oh, yeah, I, I, I agree to agree what you're saying in terms of solutions and where it's coming from at the moment. Do you think any of those, just um, looking at consumer trends and, and everything else? I know you mostly spoke about 
sort of that digital transformation piece with the magazine publishers and, and trying to tie in the fulfillment and putting the digital the, pay, uh, the subscription payment online for those magazine publishers. But do you think any, uh, when you're speaking with the, your publishers, are they speaking about more about how people are consuming content behind paywalls or consuming content and how that's influencing their subscription management solutions as well? Or Sometimes. You mean like uh, like uh, apps being a, a dominant play or mobile being a dominant? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That, that could be... Yeah, potentially. So, I mean, one one of the things that, you know, and I think, you know, I think we all know mobile, 50% or more of readership is is running on mobile. And um, the hard part for publishers today is, I think, understanding that apps are really part of the secret to success um, because it, it will provide the best reading experience and subscription experience that, you know, because you're, you're you know, if you're uh, in iTunes and you're, you just hit, uh, subscribe and, and it's done. Your your credit card information is already on file. Where, you know, what mobile web it's a little more complicated and and uh, you know where you got to fuss around with your card and such. So the the app experience. Um, what we're finding with our publishers is they they're generating um, on average, I'd say you know ten percent of new subscriptions are coming in through the app stores. But we have one publisher that's generating about fifty percent of their new subscriptions from the app store. So, you know, a lot's going to depend on your audience and, and you know, where they're at demographically. But apps are, you know, we, we're, we live on our apps today. We love them. We get notifications from them. It's, it's just easy and fast. And that's, that's really the, the power play today for, I think, for most publications. Um, but it costs money, you know. It costs, costs money to put them up. And so it's one other thing to manage. And, and, uh, you know, we're still a little backwards here, I think, in the industry. So most publishers are worried more about starting digital subscriptions first and trying to figure that out before they, you know, jump into the app game. Fair enough. I mean, two, two parts to this, I guess. My thoughts are, are you, has anyone considered leveraging the WordPress ecosystem? Because that in itself is pretty big. And with 30%, like you're saying, it's, and I know the statistics, it's about 30% of the, the entire web websites are built on WordPress. Yeah. Has anyone considered tapping into that, any of your publishers tapping into that ecosystem to, to grow their audience? Because for some niches as well, like you said, some of those apps aren't going to get any circulation, even if you are on iTunes. Has anyone considered doing that? And um, they have you built specific app products that sit in WordPress plugin directory, which can help as well for your audience as well, or for your clients? Yeah, so uh, I think you're talking about WordPress.com and publishers that are on WordPress.com, maybe? Uh, .com or .org, does it, um, I see them yeah. same. Yeah, I mean, .com now has a business level where you can you can install third-party plugins. Um, as far as the the app side of it, you know, we have a, a product called Unipress, which is built for WordPress and built for leaky paywall. So you can quickly spin up apps, but we also have the, the code is it's open source. It's on the WordPress repository. Uh, and we have had, you know, other outfits go and grab, grab the code and, and work with it uh, for their own purposes. You know, as far as subscription paywall and apps for WordPress, I'm not aware of anything else out there that matches that criteria. But there should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, has any has any of your like has have you seen any of your clients create WordPress plugins or solutions which serves their audiences that maybe can help them get more reach? Like I think this is more applicable to B two B rather than B two C because given the fact that other website owners are businesses themselves. But have you seen any of those type of solutions out there? You mean plugins that that serve a specific function for publishers? Plugins that would like a publisher that would create a plugin that would serve a specific need for their audience. Yeah, sure. I mean, like I mentioned before, every every publisher's uh, has a has a very different need, and some you know they want specific things done. And, and I can only speak to like what we've done with with uh, creating plugins for. Publishers like the API and creating an API plugin for connecting to a, a, a third-party 
uh, CMS or fulfillment service is, is, is an example. The, you know, the, the, the app plugin that we developed, I mean, it requires the apps as well, is an example. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, you know, MailChimp, I mean, uh, maybe one that's a little obvious, but, you know, being able to grab email addresses to, to build that sales funnel through, you know, their, their WordPress plugin that, that they uh, offer is, you know, something every publisher should do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of anything sort of super unique and specific that, you know, you could, you could say custom post type too. Um, like we have a, 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 pub, a publisher, it's a military travel publisher, and um, they had all their, they, they basically were a legacy publisher that had all these big, thick travel guide books for uh, hotel, hotels that would give military travelers discounts, uh, campsites, and then a book on, on uh, airfare. You can, if you're military or ex-military, you can get almost free flights um, around the country. And so um, we loaded up a Google spreadsheet, essentially, that was maxed out uh, into a bunch of custom post types in WordPress. So all the data from those um, guidebooks could uh, live in WordPress and be metered by the paywall. And uh, was there a plugin per se that we built? It wasn't really a plugin per se. It was more of of um, breaking out their very specialized content into custom post types, and then you know which WordPress supports right out of the box, and you know it's uh, future proof and all that, and uh, and it works really well for them. You know, so that, you know any any results like I mean, what was the outcome of that as when you did that for them? Yeah, they started taking subscribers right away. I think one of the things we find is when the publishers, uh, especially the legacy publishers, are finally uh, want to get online and start taking subscriptions, they're generally surprised by how many new subscribers, digital subscribers, come on board. Uh, so, uh, and we've seen publishers go from to we we actually were alerted in the middle of a project build that a publisher was going to quit printing. And that they were going to rely on their digi- their new digital publication we were building for them, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, so we launched, and you know, ultimately, what happened for them is their readership was older, and they really demanded print. Um, and even though their digital, new digital paid subscriptions was exceeding their expectations, it still wasn't covering what they needed to cover. Um, so they went a year later. They asked us to come up with a, a print. In, uh, solutions so that they could start printing small batch and and serving the customers that just didn't want to log into a website. They're older, older readers that didn't want to do it. And the, the interesting thing is that they actually, you know, I think they charge twenty nine dollars a year for their their magazine, and their new small batch is now over a hundred dollars a year, and people are buying it. <laughs> was that was that the case you were referring to around how? people who are still publishers. I believe that was the example you mentioned that you were going to go through um, before how subscriptions were still applicable. Uh, sorry, but print was still applicable for local. Oh. And, and the fact that they didn't need. So this particular example, this was, uh, this was. I don't think I'm sharing anything uh, secret here, but this is Track and Field News, uh, which yeah. is an old, old legacy uh, publisher. And, um, you know, they were, they were a magazine publisher, but really they covered real-time track and field events so they need they need they really needed digital to you know get all that content online and they produce a lot of content do you want me to go through the 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 magazine publisher that i'd mentioned before is modern drummer magazine you want me to go go through let's go through it so uh modern drummer when they approached us they had essentially they were trying to sell pdfs of their back issues their issues on the web and they they were selling almost nothing comparatively, very very little, and so we talked about it. And now uh, after you know, what we did was is we we and this is a manual process, but we took their content out of their uh, magazines. We started with the current issue and all future issues, put it on the website and in a web format. So it's not a PDF, it's not a flipbook. It's it uses our issue web plugin, which lets you build these web issues, and that's free on the on the repo and. Then, after they started putting their new issues into a you know mobile friendly search friendly social sharing friendly format, they started working their way backwards so every month they put out their issue uh, on the web, they actually go back an issue they take a back issue, they literally copy and paste the text and the images out of the PDF in the back issue and create 
uh, new web back issues going backwards. And what happened, a lot of interesting things happened. You know, in the first, first couple of weeks that, they, that we launched the site, they took on almost 1,000 new paid subscribers. And now wow. they're in the they're they're in the double digits every day now. It's pretty pretty good, and so what what you know the lesson here is that a lot of publishers consider their you know especially print their premium content you know kind of sacred and they really want to lock it down. The truth is is that's what you really need to put out on the web and then meter it properly in order to create the curiosity and the desire and and then uh, and then that upgrade path for them. And the really interesting thing that they figured out. Um, was the was how it impacted their print sales. So believe it or not, their print subscriptions are actually increasing along with their digital subscriptions. And and the, the trick was pricing. So when you if you go on their site and you go to subscribe, you notice there are a few options, but for the US, um, you can you can buy a uh, digital only subscription for $60 for the year. I think it's five bucks a month. So 60 bucks for the year. But if you choose print and digital, it's actually $30 for the year, which, which is crazy, right? So if you get the print plus digital, you get everything digital plus the print magazine, you pay half the price that you would have of just the digital subscription. And you know, they're in the, on the print side of the equation, the money is in the advertising, right? Yeah. So they want to increase their advertising numbers, and this is how they figured out how to do it. So they get, you know, majority of their of their orders come in uh, print plus digital, and they're happy to print more and ship more and make their advertisers happy. But funnily enough, there's a chunk of people, a good percentage of people that don't want print and they just pay the digital subscription, even though it's more money than the than the print plus digital. Well, this, there might be some sort of uh, psychological reasons behind it. Not, I mean, like just because of the fact that you're printing out paper and maybe, maybe that's what's helping. Holding. Um, I, I tell you a little story. And I was when I when my kids were very very young, and we had a, a newspaper subscription. Our our driveway was littered with newspapers. My wife would tell me, "Hey, Pete, can you go clean up the driveway? Because there's like twelve newspapers laying in the driveway." And we just, you know, we just didn't have much time and. It turned out that really paper was just not our not our way to consume uh, content at all. So we actually switched to the to the local papers digital subscription, and uh, and we're paying. I don't even know if it's more or less, but we just for us it was impractical to have all that paper laying around. Yeah, I, I guess everyone's a bit different, and there's some people who might even question the, whether or not information should be free or should be paid for. But that's a whole different other topic. But that that's right. that's that's interesting that you mentioned that. So the, I mean, so far you've mentioned pricing as a strategy, a tactic, um, mm-hmm. and also backdating your article, backdating the content that you had offline, online. What are some right. of the What are some of the other uh, growth strategies or tactics that other publishers, particularly those who might be yeah. for digital transformation, yeah. to take on and do? Well. The, 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 the first one, I think the most obvious for every publisher is to aggressively build an email list because the email, collecting an email address um, gets them in your sales funnel, which means that you can, you should, especially with like MailChimp and WordPress, you just automate your content out of WordPress. MailChimp delivers the email uh, to the subscriber. The subscriber clicks back to the site to read the article hits the, their limit on the meter paywall. They say, the meter paywall says, please subscribe. And they say, yeah, maybe yes, maybe no. But then next week or month, it's the same thing. And, and there's this organic pestering that happens over time where that, that free email subscriber, they have a you know, seven to 10 times higher chance of actually paying for a subscription because they're, they're, have, they're in that loop, that relationship loop with the, with the email. And it's as simple as dropping in that, uh, uh, you know, a, a pop-up or a slide-in that says, "Hey, join our join our our newsletter," or "Don't miss an article." Yeah. Uh, or, and we've seen this with newspaper publishers, uh, where they actually have a free level of subscription. Where, let's say, they set their meter to two free articles a week or a month, and then you get the thing that says, "Hey, uh, register or join up, uh, and we'll give you another." you know, two or three free articles per month. And that works like gangbusters and it gets them in the system. And um, uh, there was a newspaper publisher in Virginia, I think called The Pines, 
and they it took them six months to double their list. They were at 20,000 email addresses. Um, and in six months after employing the free level uh, for a few more free articles, they, they were at 40,000 uh, email addresses. And of course, the double bang for building your email list is your email list is a great place to find a sponsor for. Um, it's one of the few areas of digital advertising that actually make money. So finding a one or maybe two sponsors for your for your email list is you know you monetize that. So so it really it really pours the urgency on building your email list. It seems that you're more favored towards using pay um, media paywalls. Uh, why, why is that? I mean, I mean, obviously there's like other ones like micropayments or it might be just purely hard paywalls or different stuff. Why is, yeah. why, why do you think that pay, metered paywalls are the way to go? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, metered might be the wrong word. I mean, hybrid is a good word. You know, you can, you can do a lot with, well, with our metered paywall anyway, you can lock down things and, and free things up. Um, microtransactions specifically. I think are a little bit of a problem. I know they've been tried. There hasn't been a lot of uh, success coming out of that only because when you're asking for a credit card number and a payment, you're introducing a pain point. And so with a microtransaction, you're, you're asking, you're, you're introducing that pain point every time. And with a subscription, you ask for the, you know, the pain point happens once. Um, once the recurring payment starts, it's no longer a pain point. It just shows up on your credit card and, you, and, you, and, it, and it sort of flows by and you, you pay it uh, and it flows by. Uh, I saw uh, there's a German publisher, I can't remember who it was, who introduced, I thought, an interesting concept where you would register on the site and you'd get $5 credit. And then towards that credit, it would allow you to, to read a certain number of articles. And each article was, I don't know, a dollar or whatever the equivalent uh, value was. And then if you wanted to top off your balance, you know, uh, with more credits, you could do that and it would that would get you some more some more articles. I thought that was a pretty interesting approach. So, you know, in general, and and you know, I'm pretty biased here just because we see a lot of success with it, you know, sort of sort of top level, you do need to give your readership some free articles. And how you do it can vary, but you know, you essentially need the reader to sample your content. You want Google to index all your content, which which the metering uh, works and the hard paywall doesn't at all. Well, I shouldn't say at all, but usually doesn't. And you want social sharing. So, you know, with, with the meter, you, you can have one article get shared a thousand times over in, uh, in social media and everyone gets to, gets to view that article until that individual browser starts to comb through the rest of the content when the meter starts to tick and then pops up the, the uh, you know, the request to, uh, to subscribe. There are times though, when Locking down individual content makes sense, yep. especially when you're dealing with maybe big dollars. Uh, some publishers, like investment publishers, will have um, maybe like a you know five hundred dollar uh, product, and so people will want to get around that, and that and that means locking down your premium only articles, uh, so no one can get to it. Makes sense. So you have some free content, you have your you know the, the super premium content that's expensive, where that makes makes more more sense so there's no hard rule but just in general when it comes to like local news you know local news you know metered paywall is a really good fit uh magazine publishers generally speaking metered paywall is a good fit uh as soon as you start to specialize off of that it kind of depends on what the specific needs are for that publisher mm -hmm. okay um just quickly are there any other common uh, tactics or strategies people uh, publishers can take the subscription growth. Well, if I was a, if if you're a local news publisher, and I think local news publishers are in a great uh, have a great potential um, because they can really own they can monopolize the content in their community. Um, but what they should really look at doing is covering those town hall events and really become become sort of the database of record for the town of all the things that are going on, and then charge charge a premium for it. So if you want into the, all that you know that archive of you know, charge a premium to, to access your archives um, and focus on, focus on, you know, the, the local sports and the, and the happening. So that's, you know, that's, that's sort of the local news approach. Magazine publishers, I'd say, 
boy, it's time to get those, you know, the, your best content on the web through the issues, you know, get those issues out there. Um, one thing I didn't, haven't mentioned, which um, will really work with any, any publisher is um, creating a special issue content. So one of the things we've been trying to urge our publishers to do, and some have done it and have, have had great success, is to use the, you know, whether they're a news publisher or a magazine, you know, they're publishing content on a regular basis. And over time, they're amassing this huge amount of content. And what they should do is they should go backwards and find articles that are thematically similar and put them in an issue. Um, you know, just migrate, create an issue. We could use our issue and plugin and just migrate those those WordPress post articles into the issue. And then you have all, all of a sudden, even though it's the same content from maybe the last couple of years or, or content you've already published before in the last couple of years, you've assembled a uh, thematically uh, similar issue. So as an example, so we work with a, a publisher called T Journey. It's a T, T publication. And they published news um, over the last three years. And uh, they launched their first ever green tea issue. So they went back and picked all their best articles that focus on green tea. And I think they assembled 10 or 12 articles that they considered were the best. And they created the green tea issue. They, they, had, they, they had almost no extra work with the content. The work was just in assembling the issue. And now they have a, now they have a piece that they can email out and say, hey, check out the green tea issue. And because readers don't read everything that you publish, it's great to kind of pick, pick you know, best of articles and package them in these issues. And, you know, from an advertising standpoint, you can find an advertiser to sponsor that issue. So, you know, maybe a maybe a green tea producer or distributor or something might want to sponsor something like that. Um, so special issue content. And, you know, we it's been proven that, you know, we we as humans love packages of things. You know, we get an email newsletter, we have about 20 minutes to sit down and digest it. And then we want to be, we want to feel like we've accomplished something. We read it, we're done with it. We can move on to the next thing yep. and creating, creating issues for, and for a new site, you know, it could be the, it could be the, you know, an issue about a local sports team, you know, something very specific um, or a health issue, local health issue, or, you know, a real estate issue or whatever you, you know, just taking that content that you have in your archive that you know is really great and assembling it and, in an issue that that, is, that has a theme on something. Could be even like a best of issue. And then, so it's almost no extra work. You've already done the work. You're just producing it in a new format and reintroducing it. And um, that, that, I would love to see publishers really embrace that concept, to repurpose their existing content. I think, I think a lot of the tactics and strategies that you mentioned are very fundamental. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, with, I guess the local and magazine sites, which you've emphasized more on, you know how you mentioned around the town hall meetings and really trying to charge a premium for that. Do you think yeah. that's, that's a sustainable business for them to, to um, a model to work on? Well, I think that if, if someone is interested in that, they should go to austinmonitor.com and take a look at what they're doing. And um, I think they're set up as a nonprofit. And that, that's what they're exactly doing. They charge $100, almost $100 for an annual, uh, no, I'm sorry, for a monthly premium subscription to, to have access to the archive content. Monthly, well, that's pretty, mm -hmm. that's pretty high. I mean, just in, considering that other people offer $8 monthly subscriptions, but anyway, yeah, sorry. But they're they're not covering, you know, the, the beauty contests and things like that. They're going, they're, they're covering the, the real estate transactions and the rulings that coming out of the towns, you know, what, how the, how did the votes go on this budget or that budget or, or zoning, you know, zoning, uh, things that are going on zoning. And so they're, they're putting together a database that, that appeals really to a specific customer. And that customer or reader is the, um, maybe the local entrepreneur or real estate professionals, anybody who's in de development, uh, anybody who's involved in local politics, you know, people that, you know, run businesses that are impacted by, financial underpinnings of what goes on in the town. Um, now, Austin is a good-sized city in, in the U.S., and so I think, you know, that that makes sense. Uh, can you pull that off for a small town of 10,000? I'm not sure you can. And uh, they do have, you know, just, just to be clear, they do have a, 
Oh, I haven't looked, uh, but they do have a, a low cost subscription. It might be $10, $12 a month, which gives yeah. you access to current news. But if you want, if you want that deep archive, then you have to pay quite a bit more. But it seems as though that premium subscription is, is targeted more to businesses. So you think mm -hmm. a B2B mo model has to be applied in local journalism? Because I don't think, uh, I mean, you know, traditionally they used to sell advertising on directories and stuff like that. But, and I know Austin Tribune is a bit different because they're a non profit, but for for profits, mm -hmm. do you think that the way they're approaching their B2B model? It's a change as well. I mean, I think. Well, there's. I mean, there's two sides to the income. There's the there's the content, the subscription content, yeah. and I think there can be two sides simultaneously. And then there's the advertising, which digital advertising is a bit of a mess right now. But there's there's opportunities there. Yeah. You know, like I talked to a publisher in Phoenix, Arizona, and they they do these best doctors and best dentists issues. You know, these are these are million dollar products that they sell to their local community. People want to know who the best doctors are or best dentists are in a city, apparently. <laughs> um, and so that's, uh, they, they, and this is a print product for them. And it's been an old print product. And there's no reason why you can't do it digitally. But if you have the right content focus, you know, that really targets the right need, you can, you can charge properly for it. And I think they charge, I think they sell 20, it's $25 for access to the, each of those books. So again, a uh, little bit depends on on your your focus. Um, so you know, on the advertising side, so the other income side, the display or banner ad, which is under fire right now because it's not generating the revenues or not not even near the revenues of print uh, print ads. You know, they're getting blocked by ad blockers. Um, there's something called banner blindness. You can look it up on Wikipedia, where the brain has been trained to filter out these these banner ads they don't do well on mobile at all because mobile is essentially a one column view and you can you can interject on mobile but it really gets it really creates a sort of a frustrating uh, play against content so you know what's the solution the solution um which i think is pretty clear now is sponsors sponsored advertising and that could be things like um creating an article series uh, so if you're a local publisher, create a, a local, you know, create an article series on local medicine and have find a, uh, a medical um, uh, group to sponsor that and uh, or build that issue. Um, there's a, a local news publisher in Albany, New York, um, Spotlight News publisher. Uh, his name is John. There's a smart guy. What he does is he he covers um, part of his income is. Um, sponsored photo galleries for high school and middle school sports. So he finds sponsors for, um, you know, so, uh, he finds the match for sports. So it might be a local sports shop or something sports related in Albany. But what he does is he, when he processes his, his images and he takes tons of photos with all the sporting events and they get shared in social media like crazy because everyone wants to share what their kids are doing on social media. And, he, and what he does is he, with Adobe, he automatically injects the sponsor logo into every photo that he puts into the sports section. And he does really well with that. You know, the sponsor, he's got three sponsors, I think, for the year, and, and they love it. Uh, they get a ton of, ton of eyeballs uh, from that. So that's um, taking advantage of photo galleries is, is, is a good one. Um, the email list I mentioned before, you know, you build a, you build a, uh, an email list. It's direct. It's one of the few forms of direct marketing. Yep. Find a, find a sponsor for the email for sure, or, or two. And so the, the, and then of course the native, we call the sponsored article or the native article. Um, that's was started a long time ago. It's still valid though, as long as um, you're transparent and the approach there really is, is, I think it's okay for, you know, I'll probably get some fire for this, but I think it's okay for uh, an editorial piece to basically say, hey, I love this. We love this product. We've used this product. It's great. As long as you're transparent about it. And as long as you actually love the product or service or whatever it is. So being transparent, you know, you got to keep trust with the readership, but it's, you know, you, it's the content piece ends up in your newsfeed and that's the newsfeed gets actually read on mobile and, and maybe apps and on the website. So, so I think that's still a valid uh, sponsored uh, advertising uh, tactic. Makes sense. Uh, so I, I guess 
I guess in in short, uh, you can cater towards the advertising side and to the consumer side, so long as the content is very specific and and like you've very clearly mentioned, there's there's some creative ways of trying to achieve that. Yeah, you you know you want to you want to handle people on uh, readers on mobile properly. You want everything to be in Google search. You want everything to be shared, and you want to. You want to keep the trust of your readership, and so there are. I think I think through sponsorships, it's a it's a pretty elegant way of of getting corporate, you know, into your editorial uh, flow and in a in a modern way that that actually works. You know, we we have a a new product that that I don't know how much, how much I'm allowed to pitch on here, but we have a new product that we're we're really you know, in, in sort of test mode, it's been a year out. It's called Live Market, and it's it's designed specifically for for uh, niche publishers. And what it does is it lets advertisers post promotions in real time on on uh, uh, say like a local news site um, or a niche niche site, and you create you basically create a marketplace, and and uh, advertisers pay for for access to post whatever promotions they want. So for like a local news site, a restaurant could publish their daily lunch special every day and live music and hours of operation and employees for hire and it becomes and, and so with our 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 uh, publishers that we're working with right now on this it actually becomes a whole new content stream for the local uh, newspaper as an example um, where the the advertisers are are creating pages on the site that can actually be indexed by google and it's and uh, uh and our and it's re, it's real time so and that's the key is you know, fresh promotions, uh, relevant promotions, and the, that the reader actually are interested in. They want to know what's going on in their in their area. That's a really good application of technology. So watch this space. I look forward to receiving updates from you, and I'll definitely sign up on your newsletter, and hopefully we can see some good case studies from that. Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Awesome. Peter, just on, on a final note, I guess let's look ahead. So let's look at what your guys' plans are for this year and then also future trends. So can you elaborate yeah. more on those two points? Yeah, so our big uh, push this year is in, is what we call insights. So uh, figuring out what uh, subscribers are actually doing on your site. Um, how did they get on your site? What articles, you know, triggered uh, subscriptions? Um, and then currently, you know, what, uh, what kind of activity are subscribers? You know, what cat- categories are they attracted to? you know, what's their risk for churning, you know, how long someone hasn't been back for 30 days, you know, reaching out uh, to those people and creating, um, it's a platform we're working on right now for Leaky Paywall and uh, to give publishers a a better idea of of what's working uh, for their, for their subscribers and what's working and attracting new subscribers. Um, And I think, I think industry-wide that's, that's a pretty strong push. You know, we publishers need to know what's, what's going on with their, with their audience. Um, but we need to get, I think we do need to get publishers on board with digital subscriptions and um, really in, in, enthused, sort of enthused and, and let have them understand what's possible. And I think that's, that's the problem with digital subscriptions is there's a lot that's possible um, and practical that you can do uh, today with 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 subscriptions and advertising, um, but anybody who's been who's come from the print side is looking at their own lists internally, and they're looking more, you know, at their expired and and uh, subscribers and advertisers, and how do we make phone calls and send postcards and, and do outbound marketing when they should really be looking at the web as the new sales funnel that will bring that will that will bring people inbound into the organization and then these people might subscribe might take an ad out um you know and and off and join your newsletter and all that so, is, is yeah. there is there any big data play that's coming into the deal that you guys are doing because i think what's also missing is you know you might have a lot of common publishers within a certain niche that share insights and having that platform where you can see that benchmark benchmark data mm-hmm. is that something that you guys are considering as well as part of your insights build or yes Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so we've already we've we've been talking to publishers now for for a, a solid year about what their priorities are for the kind of information they need. So we have quite a 
quite a long task list uh, on our plate. We've built a bunch of the functions already, um, but the the you know we want to give the publisher a, a very easy way to just look at their their data and see you know what you know categorically what's what's working uh, and what content is working you know categorically what content is working not only to keep you know subscribers on the site but attract uh, the new subscribers and then you know where they're coming from and activity levels you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, uh, interactions you know the more frequent interactions you have with a reader the higher chance that they'll stay a, a loyal reader you know i think that's kind of the latest thinking and i agree with that you know and, and tracking something like that's important um so i don't know if that answers your question but uh but are you going to be also showing uh, are you going to have like a uh, benchmark that i guess uh, uh publishers which are in a group of in a in a, in a niche in yeah a right Having that competitive benchmark data, is that something you have considered? Yeah, we have considered it. Um, it kind of splits down between uh, news sites, yeah. not just newspapers, but anybody that's publishing sort of a more of a fire hose of news. Yeah. And then uh, more traditional magazine publishers have a very, very different flow with their issues uh, that go out. And they might have they might have in between news as well, but it's a, it's a very different place. So, yeah, certainly when when we know when we can understand what succeeds, we, we of course want to share it with um, our customer base and really anybody. I mean, I think it's just important to, to bring digital publishing up to snuff. There's, there's room for all of us. There's so much work to do. Um, so. Absolutely. Any final thoughts or comments on, on any, any lessons learned or anything in, in particular around subscription management? <laughs> keep your, keep your eyes open for new trends every day. I think. <laughs> Um, I think your comment was well taken about the Nordic countries and the, some of the experiments that they're doing. There is, I think it's important to look at all the different things that different publishers are trying and experimenting with to, to figure out what, what fits you as a publisher with your specific need. Um, and I think, you know, what, what you're doing uh, by with your, with the state of digital publishing um, is fantastic. Um, you know, we all, I need to do a better job reading it, although I do read it and keeping the, you know, keeping the, uh, sort of the, the leading edge in front of all of us is, is a great, great thing to do. So thank you yeah. for kind words. Uh, appreciate you joining us, Pete. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. I, I, this has been fun and there's always lots to talk about. So maybe we can, uh, have a cup of coffee sometime if you're either close to, close to the, uh, northeast, or if I'm heading over to the far east, <laughs> or down under, as they say in Australia. So, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the State of Digital Publishing podcast. Listen to past and upcoming episodes across all major podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and join our community groups. Finally, visit stateofdigitalpublishing.com for premium information, resources, and become a member today. Until next time.